Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real, and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. Let's read this passage of Scripture, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him, male and female. He created them. Someone say them. Then God blessed them. Someone say blessings. Blessings. And God said to them, be fruitful. Someone say fruitful. Fruitful. Someone say multiply. Multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. Someone say dominion. Dominion. Over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see. Someone say see. See. See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be for food. The Talama talk is labor to see. Labor to see. Can we pray together? Father, I thank you for every man here, every woman. Father, I thank you for those online. I thank you for the kids in our kids' space. I thank you for what you've been doing in this house. But God, we step into a new season. We don't take for granted the past. I thank you for it. But I thank you that you are the God of now and you are the God of the future. So Father, we exercise faith. I exercise faith right now to believe that this next season, this month of September, uh, uh, let it be a season of health. Let it be a season of growth. Let it be a season not by our strength or might, but by your Spirit. Anoint your people by power and might. Lord, let their faith come alive. Let their vision come alive. Let things that are dormant or dead on the inside be born in them in Jesus' Name. I pray that the lost to be saved, the saved to be discipled, and that leaders would be born and bred and raised up in this house. In the mighty Name of Jesus, I pray. Lord, I pray for government. I pray for its leadership. I pray that You would bless it and strengthen it, Lord, in Jesus' Name, so that we might be all we're called to be in the Name of Jesus. Say this simple prayer with me. Say, Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Help me see what I need to see. Help me stop limiting my life, my family, your kingdom in any way. Fill me, Holy Spirit, afresh and anew with your might, with your wisdom, with your love in Jesus' name. And the Faithful Church said, Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand. Come on, let's praise Jesus just for a moment. Come on, one more moment. Come on, is He good? Praise God. Grab your seat. Grab your seat. Can we thank our worship team? Thank you, guys. Labor to see. Labor to see. Haven't you ever noticed that faith sometimes is, you have to work it. Uh, Faith is a gift God gives you. He's given each one a measure. Someone say a measure. Someone say a portion. God has given each one of us a measure or a portion of faith, but He doesn't need, He doesn't uh, just limit you with the faith you've got. He actually wants you to exercise faith. And when you exercise faith, how many you know that it can grow? 
Now, if you don't exercise faith, how many know faith can shrivel? Your faith can grow or your faith can shrivel. Faith must be exercised. It is like a muscle. It, it, it must be worked. That's why you need to show up to church and step into faith. You actually need to exercise it in the worship. You need to exercise faith even when you're hearing the Word. Don't just be like, oh, preacher, let's see what you got for me this Sunday. No, lean in and say, man, what if God has something for me today that would change the way I think, that would change the way I live, that would change my life, and that my life would be more blessed because God helped me change my thinking. Let me speak that to the other side of the room because that was way better than um, you gave me credit for. I really am trying to help you understand this, that if you would show up to the house of God with faith already, now do understand sometimes you come in beaten and and upset and had a bad week and all those kinds of things, I get that. But if you'll show up to the Word of God and to the presence of God, God will give you some things in His worship, in the preaching of the Word, that, that it literally does. It sounds small at the same time. You're like, ah, oh, Pastor, come on. God's not going to change my life. No, your life is dictated by your thinking. So if He changes your thinking, what does He do? If God changes your thinking, He changes what? If God changes your thinking, it changes your Life, because it, 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 it has to, because eventually what you think about, you bring about. What you think about eventually gets in your heart and out of the abundance of the heart, the, the mouth speaks. A, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings out good things, but a bad man out of the treasure of his heart brings out bad things. What I think about is vital for faith. You're getting this. What you think about your marriage is vital. What you think about yourself is vital. What you think about your business is vital. What you think about your future is vital. And the essence of your thinking is faith. Some people are like, I don't have faith. Yes, you do. Sometimes you've just got faith in something else. You ever meet someone who's like, oh, I'm an atheist. I don't have faith. You know, you have faith in science or you have faith in chance or you have faith in, you have faith in something. Like, I don't believe in organized religion. That's faith. Because faith is simply a belief. You're like, I don't, I don't believe. Well, that's a belief. Here's the thing. You can't not have faith. I don't believe it. You just say believe. <laughs> belief comes out of faith. So you cannot not have faith. It's just, is your faith in the right thing? And is it being exercised in the right direction? First point today, I want to give you four and I'm hoping to get to all four. I want you to see potential. I I, I see this fatherhood moment in God where God takes Adam and he takes Eve. He takes them and and he says something interesting. He says, see, I have given you. Have you ever had a moment with someone that you're trying to teach them something but they're not getting it? Right, if you're a teacher, you've been trying to teach something and, and they're not getting it. Or how many of you mums and dads, you're trying to teach your kids something, but they're not getting it. And you're trying to say, see, I have given you. It's this fatherhood moment where he says, see, I have given you. Give me, give me that apple. Where's that apple? Oh, thank you. Now, this wasn't the temptation apple. This is just the apple. <laughs> He says to him, see, I have given you 
every seed-bearing plant for food. So he sees the apple, but inside, how many know there's seeds? And I had an apple this week and I thought to myself, isn't it incredible that the apple I had this week has its genesis all the way back in Genesis chapter 1. Like that same seed produced millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of apples and we're sitting here and... And I can eat this apple or what I can do is I can break it open And in every apple is about five to eight seeds. And I can take five of those seeds and I can plant them in soil and water them. And all of a sudden now I have five trees which produced, I don't know, about a hundred apples over time. And then I could take those same apples and I could eat them all. Or I could take the seed and I could plant it again and I could plant it again and I could plant it again. I want you to see that your life has potential. I want you to see that your life is a seed. You need to see that your giftings are a seed. You need to see that your faith is a seed, but no one said your faith, even if it's small right now, can't grow. Because if you plant it in the right soil, I said, if you're planted in the right soil, if you don't just show up occasionally, but if you plant it in the right soil, if you allow the seed of the word of God, now I realized it was a mistake to eat an apple (laughs) as I'm eating, because I'm like, when is this apple going to be done? God did not give them a vineyard, but seeds. God doesn't give you a paycheck. He gives you a gift. God, provide for me. I did. I gave you a gift. I gave you time. I gave you a day. And each day is a seed to your year. And each morning is a seed to your day. And each year is a seed to your decade. And each, therefore, decade is a seed to your life. So if I'll manage the seed, the day, and I'll change the day, what'll happen to my life? Oh, we underestimate how much small changes make, don't we? We underestimate, that that won't work. If I change my morning, that wouldn't change my life. But you have a morning every day of your life. And if I had changed my morning, therefore, I changed my life. Why? Because I have a morning every day of my life. Therefore, it's just subtle. It's small. You're like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. You can, you can be the company that increases just 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%. And how many know eventually you're like, oh, I wished I invested in that one. You're that one. See potential. Faith is very practical. I want you to see that God actually takes him and says, see an apple. He doesn't say, Steve, imagine it was Stephen Amanda for a second. He doesn't open his eyes and get Stephen Amanda and go see angels. No, God is practical. As in my faith is practical. My faith works, as Pastor Fernando was saying. The world often points to lack. You ever notice when the economy is going bad? Oh, the economy. 
And whatever the media tells you, the economy, (laughs) what are we going to do? The economy. And most of the time, now sometimes, a, a buddy of mine just lost his job the other day and he's in faith about it. He's like, man, I wasn't expecting this, but it may cause me to actually step out in business before I was going to. He, w- he was in faith about it. Why? Because God is his provider, not just his job. Right now, your job provides for you. But when your job changes, how many know God isn't up in heaven going, oh my gosh, I can't even, <laughs> what do I do? What do I do? I thought the job was the provider. No, the job's not the provider. It's just one of the providers right now. I remember growing up in Australia and we had, a lot of the time we'd talk about unemployment rates. It was like, it was 10% unemployment rate, 11% unemployment rate. And then it would tell youth, it would say, the youth unemployment rate is 30% right now. And here's the funny thing. There was only five stations in Australia growing up. And so really you'll watch pretty much the same news, which is actually dangerous, which means they can program you more effectively. I found that. But the, the, the news would always say this, and I remember feeling it, and it wasn't until years later I went, oh, they kept saying this phrase, what is the government going to do? What is the government going to do? What's the government going to do? What's the government going to do? And I remember thinking to myself, oh, what's the government going to do? 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 Why don't they fix my life? Instead of you see the seed of God-given potential and you work your gift because most of the time what's happening on a large scale in the economy has nothing to do with your personal economy. I'm, I'm trying to help some people go from victims to victors. I'm trying to help some people go from it can never happen for me to see the seed that is currently in your life right now and say if I will sow the seed I can literally change my future. Now, now, let me go a little deeper. And um, the Bible says this in Proverbs 13, verse 22. A good man. Someone say a good man. Amen. Come on, say it again. A good man. Amen. Now, that's a good man, a good woman. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Now, how many of you have ever heard that the, you kind of like bemoan people who left an inheritance and they got inheritance? They're like, oh, trust fund babies and so forth. What if uh, 50 years from now, your grandkids uh, got an inheritance from you? How many think that might be a good thing? How many think they might go, oh, thank you. Wow, they they thought of me, right? Um, They're like, oh, you don't understand how much money I make. Well, let me show you just quickly. Um, Let's take $100. Who's this? Franklin? Benjamin? Franklin? Grant? Jackson? This is Franklin. Take $100 from this day and invest it. Just put it in a mutual fund or whatever, say 11%. And then just add $10 a month. Just 10. How many can do that? 10. Someone say 10. $10 a month. I mean, it's $250 kind of a week, you know, three bucks a week, something in that zone. And then just do that for 50 years. How many know 50 years is coming? It's coming. Like that seems like a long way away. I know, but it's coming. In 50 years, I'll be 95. 95, my son, I thought about this today. My son in 50 years will be 63. 
I'm like, oh my goodness. My wife will still be 21. <laughs> still 21. She's turned 21 a lot of times and she's still gonna be turning 21, praise God. I'm gonna be 95. My, my mother was talking to my great auntie who's 99 the other day and she's sharp and she's doing well and I was like, yeah, that's right. I'm going to live to 105 unless Jesus wants to take me to heaven. And on my 105th birthday, I'm going to say, are you ready to transform? <laughs> and then I'm going to fall over and die. And then Jesus, I'm going to see the king. And it's going to be a good day, except for that meeting of transform. They're like, ah, oh, pastor, why'd you show up today? You kind of killed the meeting. <laughs> Someone say a good man. Yeah. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, $100, and then you just do $10 a month, and 50 years, you just gave them $218,709. You got that on screen? I think people need to see that one. Or maybe they don't have it. Someone say $218,000. $218,000. bucks. You know, one of my kids said to me recently, Daddy, I want to buy these shoes. And she wanted to buy like expensive shoes. I was like, you're not buying that kind of shoes. We are not. And it's not because I don't want her to have nice things. In my mind, it was because I'm like, oh man, you don't realize how much that $200 is worth. Oh, it's just $200. It's just $200. No, it's not just $200. It's $217,000 if you invest it. Your life is a seed. Your gift is a seed. Can we take off? How many of you could do what I just talked about? Now, how many of you, if you don't do what I just talked about, 50 years from now might remember my talk and guess what? Go, <laughs> why didn't I do it? Maybe we could be the generation that does it. Make it. Maybe we could be the church that does it. I actually realized just recently that someone gave me a nice pair of shoes and someone told me how much the pair of shoes was worth. I was like, really? I'm going to sell those and I'm going to put them in my children's children fund. Why? Because I don't need that, but they might need $217,000 one day. Challenge and adversity are meant to help you know who you are. Storms hit your weakness, but unlock your true strength. Isn't that good? Yeah. My second point today is this. See through the struggle. See through the struggle. How many of you know life has struggle? It's not all pancakes and syrup, is it? It's not all blueberries and strawberries and whipped cream on your pancakes every morning. Life has struggle. I don't know almost anyone that hasn't gone through struggle and there's levels of struggle. I want to point you to a passage of scripture, Genesis 21. There is Abraham and Sarai have now inherited the promise. Someone say promise. promise. Someone say God was faithful. God, was faithful. God had promised Abraham a child. God had basically taken a man from the age of 75 to 99 and 100 years old. He literally, get, well, he doesn't give birth, obviously. That's impossible. Amen. Amen. Okay. And Sarai has a baby at 90 years old, 
But in the process, they were sick of waiting for God to move. And so one point, Sarai goes, hey, why don't, I mean, I can't have kids. Why don't you shack up with Hagar? I mean, that's a bad idea. Even if your wife tells you shack up with that woman, don't listen. Even if there's two women that, ah, we get both. No, it's all throughout scripture. Don't do that. Got quiet, but I, I need to hit on that for a moment. And Hagar has a child, Ishmael, and, and there's tension between the two. And Sarah says, send her away. And she goes wandering in the wilderness and she has a young child and she is lost and she is just kind of circling around. And Genesis 21 verse 15 says this, when the water in the skin was all gone, Hagar abandoned the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him about a bow shot away for she said, do not let me see the boy die. And as she sat down opposite him, she raised her voice and wept and God heard the voice of the boy and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what troubles you, Hagar? Do not be afraid for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is resting. Get up, someone say get up. Help the boy and hold him by the hand for I will make him a great nation. Then God opened her eyes. Someone say, open my eyes. Open my eyes. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water and she went and filled the empty skin with water and gave the boy a drink. Notice it doesn't say that God went and built her a well. The well's already there. The well is somehow in her peripheral vision, but because of her sorrow and it was it was expected sorrow. It is literally a rough time. It is literally a bad situation. She has literally been kicked out of her home. And so there's tears and there's mess. But because of her pain, she can't see the potential. But I love the grace of God here and the beauty of God here is even in the pain and the sorrow, He doesn't come along and be her counsellor, which is so interesting. He actually comes along and speaks of destiny. Because it's not sometimes God comforting you, though He does that, it is often God speaking about your future, which helps you struggle through your struggles. Are you with me, church? Then God opened her eyes. How many know that your past can paint an ugly future? Your past has the ability to continue to paint your future or you can literally somehow bury that past and begin to see a new future. One of the greatest ways I think that God actually teaches us this is go be a servant. You're literally like, what do you mean? Serve people, love people, encourage people, pray for people. Why? Because when you're thinking of others, you stop thinking of you. You're like, how can I help Nick? How can I help Sarah? How can I, how can I help? Can I serve? Can I love? Can I pray? Can I be a blessing? And all of a sudden I stop thinking about my problems and I start thinking about Jonathan. How can I pray for him? How can I help him reach his potential? He just got engaged. Come on, give him a hand. I heard a preacher say this, you can rehearse it, you can curse it, and you can nurse it. But don't allow the pain of your past to block your vision. God is a restorer. His people are restorers. 
What I notice about the work of the enemy, he takes beauty and he uses it and he abuses it. Think of the porn industry. Take the most beautiful, pervert it, twist it, abuse it. Think of the drug industry. Take something God created, pervert it, lure people, happiness, happiness all the time. And all of a sudden, you pervert people and they can't stop what they're doing. The enemy always takes beautiful things and breaks them. God takes broken things and he builds them and he blesses them. I want you to notice that Ishmael is Hagar's assignment. And she casts off her assignment and she moves away from it in her pain and in her barrier. I want to tell some people today, don't cast off your assignment. Don't cast off. She is a mother. She is to mother him. She is to protect him. She is to watch over him. She is to fight for him. She is to be the, the, the one who's like, come hell or high water, I'm going to make sure this one fulfills his destiny. And there is literally a nation in what she is holding. Hear this now. There is a nation in Ishmael. But she cast it off. And the grace of God allows her to open her eyes again. And sometimes the truth is, there is blessings coming out of you, but you are fighting for it. And you're tempted sometimes to give up your faith. You're tempted sometimes to give up a marriage. You're tempted sometimes to give up a calling. Don't do that. Hold on to God's assignment. See through seeming lack. Someone say seeming lack. Seeming like it's, it seems like it's small. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus is speaking about the kingdom of heaven. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like, and he begins to list this five virgins and one, five of them are wise and five of them are foolish. Sorry, 10 virgins. And then he begins to talk about the parable of the sower, uh, sorry, the power of the talents. And the power of the talents, he, he talks about a man who he gives five and he gives two to another man. And he gives one to another man. The one who's got five talents runs away and doubles it. The one who's got two talents runs away and doubles it. And then there's one with one talent and he hides it. He's fearful. He doesn't put it in the ground. He doesn't allow it to multiply. Here's what's interesting. At different times in my life, I felt like a one-talent person. Like, what do you mean, Pastor? So I've led this church, and the church is a church, obviously, but it also has some organizational sides to it. I've often felt like, Lord, I'm not sure I'm gifted enough. Not sure I'm smart enough. Not sure I'm talented enough. I remember explaining that to the Lord one time. I was like, Lord, uh, I could be smarter. It's funny, I, I felt like you speak to my heart. He'd say, put great people around you. It was like he didn't say, there, there, Anthony, you're super smart. Which I wish he would have said. <laughs> he said, put great people around you. Put gifted, talented people around you. And it kind of was, ah, oh, you're right. I don't need every gift. I need the gifts God's given me. And here's the truth of the man with the one talent. If he would have taken his gift and then doubled it to two, there's no rule, no law saying he can't take the two and double it to four. And then eventually he takes the four and doubles it to eight. 
and takes the eight and doubles it to 16 and 16 to 32 and 32 to 64 and 64 to 128 and don't mess with my math. Don't sit there and judge me. How long is he going to go? <laughs> what did he do? He was just faithful with the small. We should have been faithful with the small. Instead, he was fearful with the small. Don't allow fear to limit you. See, sometimes it looks like there's lack, but what if you double the small bit you have? What if you double the small bit? You know, in our transform groups, we started with two transform groups. Two. I led one, Pastor Fernando led one. That doesn't sound like a lot. Now there's 15. In years to come, there'll be 30 and there'll be 45 and there'll be 100 and When our church was 30-something people, I remember this specific day where I followed the Lord, put in my heart, speak about a time when your church will be over a 1,000 people. Do you know how ridiculous that seems when your church is 37 people and you're not even sure it will ever get there? You're kind of looking kind of like... Church will be over a 1,000 people. And people look around going, there's barely anyone here. Those 37 people are the seed. They're the seed, but you gotta plant the seed and allow God to water the seed and give it time and give it process and, and just don't see lack, see what can be, see what will be. If you hang out long enough, see what can be. My last thought for you today, and this is such an important thought, see through fear. We need to labour to see through fear, labour to see potential, labour to see through lack, labour to see through limitation. But this is perhaps the Word of the Lord for our hour is see through fear. If, if, If faith is the thing that pleases God, what does the enemy want you to do? See fear, hear fear, bow down to fear. Listen to Acts chapter 4, verse 18. They're preaching Jesus. He's resurrected from the dead. They can't stop talking about Him. And the government officials, really, when you see the Pharisees, don't just think religion, think government. They're not just church leaders and priest leaders. They are the leaders of the nation, which means they are kind of senators and they are, they, that's what they are. And then the Bible says this in Acts 4.18, then they called them in again and commanded them, someone say command them, not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to Him? You be the judges as for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard And after further threats, they let them go. What is the voice of culture always going to tell the church? Be quiet. The voice of culture, the voice of the enemy, these are God's people, but they're not following God. And so they actually become a voice of the enemy who wants to limit the church, wants to limit Jesus. How many glad that the apostles didn't stop? How many of you are glad the apostles didn't go, okay, Pharisees, we're just going to keep our little, little church in this little service. We're just going to sing Kumbaya. We're going to sing Firm Foundation. We're going to jump around a lot. Gonna, yeah, it's going to be awesome. But don't worry, we won't bring our 
faith anywhere else. We won't bring our faith to our family. We won't bring our faith to our business. We won't bring our faith to government. We won't, we won't put it anywhere. We will stay in this little small building because it's going well. What I've noticed is that for years, and, and I have noticed this because I have wrestled it. There's this song called Gratitude by Brandon Lake. And the end of the song, he says, there is a lion inside you. And in 2020 and 2021, that song, it was like it stirred something in me. Because when the world was saying fear, I, I felt like there was this opposite spirit in me saying faith. When the world was saying don't gather, I was like, well, Scripture says we have to gather. There was, there was something in me that was like, no, what do I truly believe? Do I really believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? Do I believe in the Word of God? Do I believe in the house of God? Do I believe it? And if I truly believe it, whether everything's popular or not, I had to almost on the inside stand up and say, this is what I am going to do and I don't know the results. And here's the thing. We are living in a culture right now that... that we cannot have Christians bowing. We cannot have Christians just, oh, whatever you say, Nebuchadnezzar. Whatever you say, Spirit of Babylon. Whatever, oh, say what we say. There may not be a one statue standing in the sky, but let me tell you what there is. There is a, there is a spirit that literally wants every, every person to bow to this demonic agenda, this this false religion and false worship and, and, and just say acquiesce and be quiet to the culture. We, we want teachers to literally not call boys, boys and girls, girls. Let me just say this. If you're a teacher, I'm praying for you. But I would say this to you. You have to call boys, boys and you have to call girls, girls. Um, don't, don't, if you're in a business environment and everyone's introducing themselves as they and he and them, you have to say, no, I'm a man and let it be. Why? Because if we bow to this one, what's next? Listen to me. There's a lot of people around you that are hoping some people stand up. Trust me when I tell you that when Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego refused to bow, a bunch of other Jewish boys looked around and went, oh wait, I can follow them. Let me, let me dive in a little bit deeper. Like Pastor Anthony, you're too extreme. What is the Gospel? The Gospel is not just the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus. It's the teachings of Jesus. It's the book of Genesis. It's the whole Scriptures. It is not just Jesus loves you. Paul didn't die because he was just like, Jesus loves you, come to church. Would you come? I get it. Like, I think that one of the best ways you can invite people to come is I love you to come sometime. But I just feel so stirred in my heart when I, when I go to the movies with my kids and, and the next movie coming up is King something, but the King's a woman. I'm like, wait, wouldn't, shouldn't it be a queen? I, I, don't be extreme, Pastor Anthony. It's not extreme. A woman can't be a king. And a man can't be a queen. 
in the history of the world, that's never happened. So I refuse to normalize what is abnormal and I, and I refuse to acquiesce to the culture and I refuse to just give in to make a bunch of people happy. And Christians have to stand. And, and when the world shouts loudest, it's actually when we sometimes find what we really believe. There is a lion in the heart of God that is reflective in the nature of Christians. Jesus didn't just walk around just going greetings and salutations. He literally flipped over tables and kicked people out. And how many know that at that time, some people would have said that Jesus is a little bit extreme. Jesus, be nice. Jesus, would you just be nice? He said, no, I won't be nice. I'll be holy. I'll be loving. Watch out for a love that has no holiness. Let me warn you of love that has zero holiness. It will just lead to more and more sexual immorality. When, when I see it on Instagram and so forth, I, I see children in, in rooms and now they're identifying as cats. Oh, that's, that's a thing. You're, you're placating to demonic possession. When, when someone calls themselves a they, are you a group of people? When the only person in scriptures that was a they was a demoniac and he had 4,000 demons attached to him and Jesus cast him out. Let me say this, in Acts chapter 8, when the apostles show up to a region, they literally dealt with devils and the Bible says that, that those people were victims. They were victimized by the demonic. So let me say this, in our culture, what we've done is we've given the victim the microphone. Shout louder. No, you're made in the image and the likeness of God. God loves you, has a plan for your life. He died on the cross for you, but He is the truth. And part of the gospel of Jesus Christ is we are made in the image of God, male and female. That, that marriage is between one man and one woman. That's what it is. God gets to define it. I don't get to define it. God does. Why? Because I'm I'm speaking His Word, not my made up word. Are we a church that loves everyone? Absolutely. We'll love everyone, but I won't allow that teaching to infect young people. I won't allow that teaching to affect our kids. I won't allow that teaching to affect our youth. I won't. I, and every man, every woman, every dad, every sane man should feel the same. There is a fight in me regarding this that I cannot explain. Because what will happen after this, if, if some people don't stand, is everyone else will just fall down. And when you knock down the walls, all of a sudden you realise what runs after it. Jesus was not just nice. Jesus was the truth. Jesus wasn't just nice. And some of you, this is going to challenge you because like, I just want to be nice and I just want to, I just don't want problems. Problems are here. I cannot just, I cannot just co-mingle with Satan. I literally have to plead the blood and say, not over this house, not over this business, not in this environment. And when, and when we see people preaching this stuff, 
It doesn't matter if they're our skin colour or they're our gender. When they preach that, you have to go, I'm not barracking for a sports team. I'm Australian, I don't know if you know that. So when Aussies compete in the US Open, I barrack from, I'm like, <laughs> But if an Australian is in government, I don't look at his Australianness. I look at his morals. Why? Because I don't care if he's Australian. I care if he hates God. I care if he's moral, not if he's perfect, but if he hates the things of God, I don't align myself. I'm not like, yes, Australia is going to rule the world. No, the kingdom of heaven is going to rule the world. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is over the world. And it takes Christians to be loving and truthful and bold. We don't have a weak faith. We don't have a weak, we are not called to be weak. We're not just called to be nice. Just smile. Anthony Marcion, would you just be nicer? <laughs> would you just be nice? No, be truthful. Be loving. Go in private and worship Jesus. And all of a sudden, He'll open your eyes and you see around the walls are falling down and then trying to push it on everyone. But guess what? We're not just here to have this nice culture, we're here to reach people for Christ. So if I reach people for Christ, eventually their morals will change, their views will change. Why? Because they're born again of a different spirit. So we pray for politics, we pray for government leaders, we pray most of all they come to Christ. But hear me now, if they came to Christ, most of them would have to change their morals. Because you can't, you can't love God and hate His law. Are you getting this? Listen, come on. Let me end with the words of the song we sung. Can we stand to our feet? The song we sung was Christ is my firm foundation. The rock on which I stand. When everything around me is shaken, I've never been more glad. How many of you like that song? How many sing that song? You're like, yes, yes, yes. Christ is my firm foundation. Oh, it just makes me feel good. Oh. <laughs> yes, presence. Oh, it's so nice. We leave this place and we stand on the rock. We leave this place standing on the rock. We don't just enjoy the song. We don't just enjoy the presence. There's freedom in His presence. There is. Guess what? There's freedom in His words. It's not just in His presence. It's His words that bring freedom. Come on, close your eyes with me. Father, I thank You for Your beautiful people. I thank You for them. I thank You for the potential. I thank You for the seed that is already in them, the seed of the Word of God, the seed of the Spirit of God, the gifts and talents that You have personally given them. Your Word says You've given gifts unto men. So I lift up the gifts. I lift up them. I lift up their minds and their hearts to You. And Father, I pray for us today that God, we wouldn't, we wouldn't shrink back, but God, we'd see the potential. We'd see the things You want us to see. Loving Father, would You open our eyes where we need it? And Lord, convict us where we might need it. Give us strength where we might need it. Courage where we might need it, Father. Oh, let a spirit of courage come over this house. 
and a spirit of love and power and soundness of mind. Every man, every woman, I pray for their family today, their thinking today, their business today, whatever area of life they affect. I pray that you would bless them and strengthen them and cause them to, to, to find a a, a new strength and a new courage that perhaps they'd never ever known. I pray they do it with such humility though, Lord. I pray they do it with love and wisdom. In the name of Jesus, I pray. While eyes are closed all across this place. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, I thank you. Spirit of the living God, have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Draw every person who needs to know you, every person who's run from you, right now. I ask you to draw them, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Wait for you for a moment. Father, I thank you. Oh, Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Man, I just, uh, just in my heart, I feel like there's some people that you've been wrestling courage. You're saying, God, I, I am afraid. I, I need courage. I need courage. I need courage to stand. And that, that, that message really just hits you around courage. I want you to do something courageous. I want you to come to the front right now and I want to pray for you. Holy Spirit, draw every person who needs to come. Come on, don't wait. Uh, come now, come now, come now, come now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is going to anoint in this next season courageous people. God is going to anoint in this next season courageous people. The church has often been, they've been beaten with fear. They've been beaten with um, all kinds of things, but I believe that there is a fresh courage coming upon God's people in this season. Holy Spirit, I pray you draw every person who just needs it. Father, I thank you. 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 Thank you, Lord. Just everyone else, just stay in prayer just for a moment. Don't, don't, don't disengage from this moment. There's a few more that need to come. God is speaking to some people around courage. He's saying, I need you to stand. I need you to stand up. You might be in a school place, you need courage. You might be in a business and you just feel like you're, just, you're meant to bow to everything. And it's, it just feels, um, goodness, it feels like every voice is saying bow. But God's saying, would you stand? And when you stand, others will stand too. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, would you, those of you at the front, would you lift your hands to heaven? All across this place. All across this place. Father, I thank you for a spirit of courage getting upon every saint. Every daughter of the King, every son of the King, I thank you, God. Lord, help them, lead them in truth, lead them in wisdom, lead them in grace. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for courage. I thank you for a fire, Lord, of courage that'll stir in the minds of your people in Jesus' name. I believe you, Lord, courageous leadership is the need of the hour, my friend. Courageous leadership is the need of the hour. It's not backing down, it's not bowing down. It's literally the need of the hour. 
in Jesus' name. Anoint your servant, anoint your daughter in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for a spirit of courage and the spirit of fear breaking off people in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Let a spirit of fear break off your life in Jesus' name. And I declare courage over you in the name of Jesus, in your mind and in your heart. And today I pray for an unraveling of any fear that limit you and inhibit you in Jesus' name. Let the life of God, Lord, stir something up in Nicholas that he'd never know in the name of Jesus. I bind fear over your life and anxiousness and, and any way it's woven itself into who you are. And in Jesus' name, I thank you for a new day and a new door. And I thank you all for the light of heaven touching him in a fresh new way. Let the fire of God be on this soul in Jesus' name. Let the fire of God be on this soul in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Lord, Father. Father, I thank you for this son. I thank you for this son. Let a spirit of courage be on him. Let a spirit of courage be on him. Not fake courage. Courage in Jesus' name. Strength, grace, Lord, in every area of his life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Eyes closed all across this place. There's people at the front. But maybe you're here today and you've never met Christ. You saw Christ as irrelevant to your life, maybe. You saw your parents or grandparents as religious or maybe non-religious. But Christ wants to come into your life. Christ died for you. Christ rose from the dead. He is the resurrection and He is the life. He knows everything about you. He loves you. God so loved the world, He gave His best. He didn't send His second best or third best. He sent His best for you, for me. That you would be called a child of the living God. So all across this place, would you pray this simple prayer with me? Say, Jesus, come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I turn to you. Be my Lord. Be my King. In your powerful name. All eyes are closed all across this place. If you meant business with God, would you quickly raise your hand? Just let me know. Quickly raise your hand. Raise it up high. Raise it up high. Raise it up high. High enough. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome today. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Hands down. Father, I thank you for every hand. I thank you for every heart. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. And a church alive said, Amen. Amen. Come on, can we give these people a hand? Come on, can we give Jesus a hand?